You're listening to the Arise to Speak pod, part of the Arise networking platform, which aims to inspire, educate, and uplift young black female creatives. Join as we discuss social and cultural issues and delve into what it truly means to be a creative today. Welcome to the Arise to Speak pod. We're your host, Zoe and Olivia, and welcome to our first event. (laughs) (laughs) So for this month, we're focusing on the element of earth and personifying what earth means to creativity. So over the next few days, you'll be joining us on a journey um, of looking at things which, again, like I said, relates to earth. So grounding, rocky moments, and also like the foundations of what it truly means to be a black female creative today. This event will be running until the 10th um, and it will mainly be hosted on our Instagram where we'll be having lives, fun interactive posts, IGTVs, and we'll be giving you like the best tips that we can to help you develop your creative self. I'm excited. So am I. <laughs> if you've been following us for a while, you know that we're trying to tackle the creative gap. Yeah. Statistic in which women are the majority we have 63% who studies art and design courses at university, but men are usually the ones who dominate the industry in general roles, but in higher, you know... Like, positions. High, yeah, in higher positions. Yeah, like, I found that with my course, like, I'd say, like, 80% of it were females. Um, but it was really strange because, like, even though, like, quite a high percentage are females on creative courses, like, compared to industry, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't reflect. Yeah, it doesn't add up. Um, did you find that on yours, Zoe? Yeah, like, you could count on your hand the amount of guys that were on my course. So I remember reading about how, like, the design industry is meant to be better for employing women, which is quite interesting because it's still a low percentage. Um, but apparently, on a whole... 40.6% of male creative arts graduates will get a job within six months after graduation. But women, there's like a 10% gap. So it's like 30% yeah. of women who will get the job within six months. And I think that's just so mad. Like, like obviously 10% is not, it's still not good enough. No, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's still not acceptable, especially when most of the courses are female and then you're competing with the rest of the country exactly. it's like where do you fit in kind of thing but um even in like the whole the, it says that the creative industries though like they are worse for employing women compared to the uk economy oh are they worse i thought they were okay. oh wow they um hire 37.1 percent of females whereas the uk industry as a whole the uh, average is uh, 46.9 wow okay so they're worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's all like good saying these statistics but we wanted to look into like why mm-hmm. just open a discussion of why um this is the case that women are taking a lot of the um, places up at university where it's not reflected in the current culture today so obviously we wanted to see like what is causing this gap and what is an influence within this gap um and one of the things that um, i wanted to speak about essentially was intersectionality so basically what that means is how people can be discriminated against by various different factors because usually we only look at one thing for example such as race um or gender but there's so many different things that incorporate 
within this, such as like sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, you know, age, social class, disabilities, religion. And usually we only look at like those certain things in segmented areas, um, say like a black woman who's of a lower social class um, and maybe be suffering with a disability. That is a whole nother sense of, you know, prejudice that she will face yeah. than anyone else. And because we only focus on like one factor when we're trying to fight for justice for people, sometimes like they'll be overlooked within the bigger picture and feel like they're not being reflected within the fight. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because like I was thinking like when I was looking at like the arguments within the creative industry and like the discussions that I swept under the rug, mm-hmm. it's mainly either the gender imbalance or the imbalance of not ethnic minorities being hired rather than both because when you're a female and you're ethnic minority that's not just one thing that's affecting you exactly it's not one of two yeah so at Arise we really wanted to focus on young black female creatives as we felt like obviously we are relatable to that fact because we are young black female creatives um but we've so beautiful <laughs> oh she's come to the gases but we feel like we are like a marginalized group when you look within the creative industry you've heard us speak about before like our own personal experiences um being at university and being graduates and essentially mm-hmm. that we want to fight for people who are like us through channeling our own experiences and worries and that's one of the reasons why Arise was created and why we need to go into these events to just kind of like not look past things that often like swept under the rug as we said yeah and to help you guys and and you guys are helping us as well yeah, so definitely. I feel like it's all like a big learning experience and just opening discussions up that are normally not spoken about so another thing that we feel like affects this gap as well is unconscious bias and its effect on women in the creative industry within this there are four tropes of unconscious bias but before we get into that i just want to reiterate what exactly is bias um yeah bias is when we intentionally presume traits or someone's ability or someone's personality or skills just by looking at them and you think right i've already got an idea of this person however naturally our brains tend to run on autopilot and unconscious bias is when we do things without even doing it intentionally so we'll have a bias about someone or something through past experiences or judgments that you have or even like social stereotypes that don't necessarily hold facts but because those have been ingrained in us once we see someone we'll have like a predisposition about them and 95% of our thinking happens in the unconscious mind so you can just imagine like how much people have judgments about people without even realizing it's just autopilot yeah and we kind of just need to break out of that cycle and then pre-judgments because it's honestly working against us rather than for us exactly because i feel like if we become more aware of what these biases may be that can affect people we can then think am i falling into this category now um and within the workplace it is very very common um even just think about like the interview process you have to go on initial judgment as is so from the very beginning bias will come into play it's just like a big game in it you have to play the game you have to play the game exactly um in what works for women at work which was a report in 2017 by joan c williams rachel dempsey and Anne marie slater 
Oh, Swelter, sorry. Um, they signified four main unconscious patterns that will affect women while they're working. One of them is one that we spoke about before, which was tug of war. We talked about this in the last yes. podcast. So like, be sure to listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> Humble plug once again. <laughs> um, <laughs> we found that the tug of war, which as a reminder, it's when people feel like they don't really have a lot of space at the top for themselves they've worked hard to establish this place and they don't want anyone else coming in to kind of you know steal their thunder in a sense. yeah especially when yeah. you're in a marginalized group such as like being a woman or being a person of ethnic minority so yeah you've heard us speak about that before but there is three others that we'd like to go into today another one is the tightrope which would be like you know she's quite aggressive you'll have like the thoughts of like you know she needs to tone herself down a bit she's starting to act like a bit like you know a bitch um I guess that could add into the stereotype of being an angry black exactly. woman so the authors coined this into like two sub subsections so you're either being a bitch or a doormat um the doormat relates into how women are often seen as being like the weaker sex and they're not really like made out for stronger leadership roles um and like they they talked about like how women tend to have like softer speech patterns and softer postures whereas like men usually have like what is you know what is that term like power stance yeah like a power dance yeah yeah, power stance and obviously that sounds like so outdated it sounds like something from the 50s still can be ingrained within us and if a woman is seen to be taking on more like dominant attributes such as you know signaling themselves as being like powerful or you know being like strong and assertive usually seem to be male attributes they'll see them as being too masculine or aggressive and therefore think right she's a bitch I don't really want to you know like I feel like it kind of presents like a double-edged sword because it's like if you're going to take on more attributes people find that off-putting and intimidating and then if you lean to more like typically feminine more open they'll see it as being like not really taking you seriously seems to be weak or incapable and I feel like as a whole like it shouldn't be like one thing or another you should be able to attribute both things equally and be respected 100% like I found like working in places and stuff like that when you're overly friendly with some people they take advantage of you um just because you're a female and um and it's annoying because it's like why can't you just be yourself Mm -hmm. Like, maybe you are just a nice, giving person, yeah. um, but people don't respect you. It always seems like there's two. You're either overly nice or you're overly a cow, yeah, basically. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, like, following on, another one is the maternal wall, which essentially mm-hmm. um, people tend to have the preconceived notion that a woman will eventually want to have a family, they'll eventually want to, like, settle down. Which again sounds like something from like the nineteen fifties, um, but <laughs> it and, and, does. and even in twenty twenty, women some women don't even want to have kids. Some people don't even want to have families. Exactly. So some of us are happy being by themselves with exactly. no kids. You know, every person is different. Just because you're female does not mean that you are born to procreate. Exactly. Within this bias, they think that like obviously when. Um, people become like mothers or you know they become pregnant they'll be there they'll be more influenced to stay at home rather than go out to work they'll be taking maternity leave then eventually they'll have like a lack of time or desire for their jobs due to like new family priorities 
they won't really want to give them I guess like a higher role in the workplace because they'll be thinking they're thinking about their family they'll be taking time off for holidays or we wanting, you know they'll be more focused on the family than they will be the work no I've done about this before like um it was I was writing an essay and it was to do with like what defines a woman in 2020 and um a lot of the research I found was like a lot of females feel like they either have to choose a family a love over their or their career mm. and they can't have both uh, which is completely yeah. wrong there's even like cultural biases as well where some people feel like a woman should be with it like staying at home once she starts a family she can have a career and then start a family do you know what I mean I feel like that could be something that could influence women as well uh, yeah like I was discussing with my lecturer mm. one point um, we were discussing about the challenges women face um, especially graduates um, and especially international students I'm not um, trying to generalize everyone but we were just discussing about how like quite a lot of women um, graduates of creative like courses they'll go back to their home and because of cultural expectations of them they don't actually have a job of what they got a degree in and they end up like becoming the mother and the carer of the family and that's the path that they go down in when initially that was not what they wanted Mm -hmm. that's another thing that's piled against you as well is your cultural background where you're from your family's expectations of you yeah I feel like that links to that intersectionality as well. That's like another factor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stanford University did a study in which they handed in identical resumes from women with children and women without. The women without children received 2.1 times more callback, even though both parties were equally qualified. Um, and non-mothers even gained 1.8 times more recommendations for hire than mothers. But they were both at the same level. It was just the fact that they, that's were shocking. That they didn't want to hire them. Yeah, that's like, do you remember when we were watching... This is so... <laughs> but do you remember <laughs> when we were watching Younger and she felt like because she had a baby and um, she was older that she had to lie and say she wasn't a mother and she was like a yeah. young female because that's how, what companies want nowadays. Exactly. Like, I feel like age is such a weird thing as well because I feel like a lot of opportunities they'll say like we want younger people to get but then once you get like younger people within the workplace they kind of see them as like oh we've been here longer we're more established like we don't want to listen yeah I found that like you know like leaving uni they'll be like for applying for jobs it'll be like oh well you need this many years experience I'm like how am I supposed to get this many years experience if you're all saying that do you know what I mean like exactly then if you had someone who was older and they have the experience sometimes they'll even say you're too qualified like Exactly, there's no winning. Um, And lastly, there's prove it again. It basically means that for a woman to be perceived as equally competent as a man, they have to prove themselves more by having like reoccurring success and like absolutely no room for failure. Um, Whereas men are often assessed by their growth usually and they're usually given more allowances to fail and to have time to reevaluate their failures and they'll say you know what it was all up to experience they've they've learned now yeah they've given more options to fail than women would 
I feel like a lot more pressure is put on women as well, isn't yeah. it? There'll be like loads of preconceptions and prejudgments, anyways, before you even walk through the door. Exactly. And then you've got that added pressure of getting it perfect. But I guess that also links to our um, other podcast about anxiety's creative space. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Of like that that fear to fail and that fear of like having the whole world's way on you as well as trying to prove yourself as a female it's a lot to handle yeah I feel like imposter syndrome really like plays into that prove it again um bias Mm -hmm. I feel like those two go hand in hand So like Zoe was saying with you know like the um, intersectionality and about like how we often just look at one point or like one perspective it's often like either female or race or whatnot but um obviously like we're here today to like talk about more than that to talk about like the faith the problems that black females have to um face as creatives Mm. um and like one of the big things for us is not being hired um as a black female creative like we said before with like 78% um, are males in the industry but in that it's only 14% of full-time staff um, in the creative um, industries are from ethnic minorities Mm -hmm. so you've got like (laughs) imagine that 14% that's male and female so imagine you're only a small percentage who is a female from an ethnic background so we just kind of wanted to give you like um, an overview of like the challenges that we feel black females creative face and um, we have spoken about this before and our Instagram is full of this but just kind of wanted to reiterate um, the main ones we were saying that black women are often underrepresented in the creative industry yeah. especially in higher roles and I feel like that's not just with the creative industry that's in general we're often seen as like incapable yeah. or aggressive or we're just at the bottom of the pile which is not the case um I feel like we're often overlooked yeah I feel like that's the perfect word we're often overlooked we don't I don't see a light that shined on us or like do you know what I mean I just I just don't see anything like of um larger companies or um larger influencers or design brands I don't feel like they shine a light on creative black females mm-hmm. they just hire who they know and what they know exactly. and we need to change that we need to change this like idea of I feel like especially with the creative industries it's actually not what you know it's who you know definitely so if you're in your little boys club do you know what yeah. I mean and then you're just like oh I know so and so and so and so and they're going to be similar to people to exactly. you so it's like how we put change the design industry if we're not bringing new ideas, new cultures, new experiences into that. Again, with intersectionality, like if if you are, like you said, like if it's a boys club and they're more likely to choose men, there's even like class issues. Like in London, there's, um, I'm not just London, oh, different God, areas, yeah. but there's like paid um, creative communities um, where obviously you have to pay for membership. Now, if you're... Um, coming from like a background where you don't really have a lot of money you having access to that is like limited you're not going to be able to pay to to keep up your membership so that again is just bringing a whole new sense of like okay I can't afford to do this 
um there's more likely to be men that's accepted into it do you know what i mean like there's just so many different things yeah which go into it white middle class males white middle class males but i feel like covid has made it worse as well yeah with like the privilege and because it's really showed who's got money and who hasn't got money and who's got the privilege and the time like you know with like covid and like how we couldn't access um softwares yeah. for uni and you couldn't go into the studio that was a perfect example yeah. of privilege and it's not what you know it's who you know exactly. um because those who have money could get photoshop it tends to be people of ethnic minorities that are, tend to be in the working class um and parents are essential workers and key workers and you know what we might not be able to afford these things and I just feel like there's so much there's just so much <laughs> that we have to go through yeah easy it's not just one thing there's so many different contributions and even if you are like of an ethnic minority and of, of like a higher class and able to afford these things you still have to have the sort of pressure of like are you going to be accepted within industry because they're still not yeah. hiring um, ethnic minorities. Like, like I knew someone who was like, I don't like to go by class, yeah. but she was, um, she was more, let's say, privileged in to like in terms of money yeah. or opportunities. Because obviously everyone values success and privilege in different ways. Um, but she, I feel like from speaking to her, I feel like she experienced imposter syndrome. But then she's also still battling with the fact that you have more opportunities and you are a black female. But you can't get the balance right. Like even if you have more opportunities. And that obviously leads to like, you feel isolated, you don't feel good enough and like, that you know how you were talking about unconscious bias but I feel like it can work on our side as well like there's been times where I've not wanted to apply for jobs because I feel like it's us and them sometimes Mm -hmm. as in I feel like they don't want to they will I just make this preconception of oh they won't want to hire me look at their team doesn't look like me yeah why would they hire me or um I'm not good enough for what they want. Maybe I'm too out there. Maybe I'm too yeah. coach. I don't know what I mean. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I was going to say, not that this is something that would prevent me from going for a role, but if I was to like try and go for a place which I see doesn't really have a lot of minorities, in the back of my mind, I'd be thinking, am I just like the token black person who's here to yep. pick the um, ethnic minority checkbox to say, yep, we have someone who's a minority you know yeah oh it's just Zoe you know yeah yeah like Zoe our token black (laughs) token black person anything racial and diverse go to her go to Zoe (laughs) like like I've got all the answers but I feel like obviously like I said it's not something that would stop me from going for a job but I don't I don't like having to think that way but it is something that's always in my mind like sometimes you might have to go that's why I tell myself okay Maybe I'm taking that checkbox for now. Yeah. Um, but I'm playing the game. Okay. Okay. I'm working in an all white company. Yeah. Okay. But this is this is what I need to do to get ahead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. As we're kind of talking about overcoming, I just want you to like leave more on a positive note of like how to overcome this. Uh, before I get onto this though, we will be talking a lot about this over the next three days through like IGTV posts. We'll be going a lot more because I feel like we've kind of 
open the book and like this is what's wrong but we're gonna obviously help you guys and help your helpers yeah into the steps of like overcoming this and opening the discussion if that makes sense yeah <laughs> so to overcome like these obstacles of like intersectionality and bias and all these things stacked up against us as black female creatives we just thought like that overcome for your point of view as a black female creative and for those who are not and maybe you're a white designer a caucasian designer um a design firm that is not diversified enough um these are just some ways that we feel like are starting points to yeah. overcome these obstacles um so like you could include more soft skills at uni um maybe job training especially for females so soft skills include like communication um presentating presentating skills that's definitely a big one teamwork mm-hmm. um assertiveness i feel like we need to include more soft skills mm-hmm. self-promotion how to network networking is a good one i feel like like you know whenever you are networking like having like an elevator pitch for like your new yeah um project and i, I hate elevator pitches <laughs> saying like, it's so important that you need to know what you're talking about in a condensed like manner when you're yeah even if you're just out and about you never know who you're gonna meet and you'd have to like just you know come out and say what you're doing if you don't sound like you're sure they won't really respect what you're saying as much as they should do but yeah I feel like because if you're waffling they're not gonna think you're assertive in it but this is me no but I know what you mean (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) we're waffling now but we can bring the elevator pitch when we need to so it See, we're waffling, we're waffling. Anyways, the next point, <laughs> providing role models. I feel like this is such an important thing that needs to happen in unis and colleges, especially. Yeah. Um, our uni or other unis, especially creative courses, we, they tend to bring external people in, whether that's external students that have left and graduated or like um, just working with clients. But it's so important to maybe reconsider the people that you bring in maybe think you know am I covering my bases am I inspiring my um students are they black are they from ethnic minority are they female like Mm. is if you look at everyone that you're bringing in do they all have a similar aspect if you know what I mean because I feel like if I just saw like one black female creative that came into my uni Mm. I would have wanted to build a connection I would have wanted to ask them questions that maybe I feel like I couldn't go to other people to ask questions about I feel like um, like you had a good one didn't you oh sorry sorry oh yeah no I feel like it wasn't until the third year of uni that I started seeing more like representation that I feel like I could relate to um I feel like we were quite good with like getting women alumni and people from industry into it because like we were a very female dominated yeah. course but having people- we had a lot of women actually too yeah. saying that so that was quite inspiring but I feel like in terms of like um minorities um near the end we did have more like black um alumni and people from industry which was quite good yeah the third point is offering placements and work experience to young women and providing them training that will help them secure a permanent role um I feel like Instagram is a good place to look for that um in terms of there's quite a bit a few companies now and design companies that are starting to wanting to diversify more Mm. um 
and I'm doing it more through social media. I found a couple for interior design called like United in Design. Um, and just definitely like have a look in your creative field and see if there's any like job opportunities or just for like ethnic minorities, because you might as well use your, do you know what I mean, take advantage of the opportunities that have been given. And the last point would be share and shout out um, work. So here at Arise, we have um, Shine Day Sundays where we um, like shout out and kind of shine a light on black females work, whatever form of creative you are. And we also have Motivational Mondays where we shine a light on black female success stories. And that's basically to just show more... More representation. Thank you. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's really hard to find, like, if you type in black creatives on Google, there's not many. I just feel like... Yeah, especially when you go down into certain industries as, as well. Like, I feel like it's still hard to find quite a lot. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I feel like... Uh, maybe this is me thinking too broadly. <laughs> but it would be nice, like, always, like, sharing other black female creatives would allow other people to see them and like maybe like they'll be able to get opportunities or like just even people who are in a similar like industry as you who's been promoted you can be like dm them and be like you know i saw your work it looks really good like i'd love to network do you know what i mean like it's bridging yeah sort of it's kind of removing competition out of there and becoming kind of... more of like a community yeah definitely i've done like i found like through social media and speaking about these topics it's allowed me to make a lot more connections with people across the world yeah and in england that are going through what we are going through so you were not alone i am here with you (laughs) so um so that was like our first little opening to our first event we're going to be looking at like the creative jumpstart so the foundations of being a creative so if you're struggling with like idea generation anything really to do with the basics we'll be covering that we'll be going over things that we've said already into more detail yeah we'll be going into how you can overcome these obstacles and tackle some issues that you may be feeling that are limiting your creative processes this is the first day of element earth so the next couple of days will be mainly on our social medias at arise underscore creatives on instagram facebook and twitter as well as tiktok um but yeah we're looking forward to seeing what the next couple of days have in store so be sure to just like dm us get involved and yeah um we'll see you on our insta bye guys